Welcome to the All the Hats We Wear podcast. We teach you the time management skills you need to be joyful, productive, and fulfilled in all areas of life. Today, we have a special treat for you. Brianna Lightfoot-Smith will be joining us on the show. She's the CEO and founder of Black Girls with Purpose. Well, hello, Brianna. You're the first guest on my podcast, and I can't think of a better person to speak with about living on purpose and discovering one's life purpose than you. Thank you so much. That's such a compliment. Sure. Your book is titled The Black Girl's Guide to Living on Purpose. How does someone start on the path to discovering their life's purpose? That's a great question. For me, I feel like, especially as a Christ follower, I always say that we that I start with God. Whenever people say, now, what on earth am I here for? I always advise talking to God because I look at it like, okay, well, if he's the one who created you, then who better than him to know what you were created to do? And I always give the example of having a Apple phone and then going to a Samsung store and saying, hey, can you help me figure this out, right? The people who work at the Samsung store can give you some advice. They can give you some ideas, but at the end of the day, they didn't create it. So they're resources are limited. So I I think about going to God and saying, okay, well, you're the one who created me. Your resources are endless in terms of knowing what it is that I was created for. So that's always my recommendation. And what I find is that, you know, as you seek God, he shows you different parts of yourself that you didn't realize you had, or you didn't think were relevant, or you didn't think were attributed to your purpose. I know when I was writing the book, I talked to my pastor because I was close to the end. And I said, no, Pastor Chip, I'm not really sure if I should still be writing this book. And he said, Brie, I didn't wake up thinking about writing a book today. So the fact that you even think about writing a book shows that you should be writing a book. And I feel like that applies to every person, whether it's someone who's a florist or someone who owns a coffee shop or whatever the case may be. If it's something that comes naturally to you and something that you're naturally passionate about, it's probably tied to your purpose in some way. Yeah, I remember you wrote about um, God sewing together a lot of the glimpses. Yes. Now, of course, everyone wants to discover their life purpose. So how, you know, how do you, we've probably seen flashes of our purpose throughout and we didn't know it. So how do people know when they see these glimpses that that's what they're meant to do? So on the Black Girls of Purpose podcast, I'd asked a question to a woman who um, also has a business. And I was telling her, you know, what do you feel like is the hardest part about finding your purpose? And where do you go when you're starting to ask what your purpose is? And so she said a lot of the things that uh, I've said before that I know you've talked about on your podcast before in terms of looking at the areas where you're gifted, looking at things that come naturally to you, looking at the things that you're passionate about. But one thing that I love that she said was that it's important for us to also look at the areas where God shows us favor. So thinking about the doors that just continue to open up for you, right? Mm, Thinking about, you know, okay, if you want to, you say you want to start a coffee shop, but every time you try and apply for a business loan or every deal that you sign, it falls through at the last minute, then maybe that's not something that you want to do. But if if it's, going to the example of sewing clothes together, right? If you're a seamstress and you say, you know what, I really want to have a dress shop. And you notice that people say, hey, you know, I, I, I heard that you were trying to get a dress shop and there's this new place that opened and it, you know, it's, it's, it's a, a small place, but I don't know, maybe check it out. Let's see. And then you go and check it out. And the person says, oh my gosh, we were just about to close on this place. And we're so glad that you checked in and wanted to look into renting it. And so it's just this ripple effect, right? And I feel like a lot of people would dismiss that kind of thing and think, 
think, oh, this is just really lucky or whatever the case may be. But oftentimes that's pointing you into the direction where God is wanting you to go because he's saying, hey, I'm showing you favor in this area because this is an area where I want you to succeed. Hmm. So like when you mentioned that you love working with teenagers at retreats, and could you share a little bit of, of how you might have helped them, like a before and after of how you mentored them? Sure. So a few people that I think about are students who were kind of on the cusp and not really knowing what it is that they wanted to do. And I actually had this mastermind group that I started back in 2017. And I did just a short five week program with five college girls. And I said, okay, you know, we're going to come in here. We're going to decide what it is that you feel like you've been called to do. And we're going to, and I'm going to help you work through those goals that you set for yourself every single week. So we'll be able to establish what you're trying to succeed. And then we'll have check-in points to say, okay, are you making progress towards that specific goal? And for them, it wasn't so much about trying to find their purpose. It was really finding the grace that they needed to get into to 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 naturally flow with the various roles that they had in their schools. And it's funny because a lot of the girls that I talk to now, they're, they're still the same people I'm connected with. You know, I've seen them, some of them from high school to college and now about to graduate college. Some of them aren't even going in the same direction that they were initially pursuing, right? So there was one woman in particular, I remember she wanted to own a funeral home. Mm-hmm. That was her goal. She said, okay, I really want to own a funeral home. And I said, okay, girl, like if that's what you want to do, then we'll do that. And so we worked on getting her some internships and that type of thing. And she actually ended up going into the entertainment industry, which I thought was so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but for her, it wasn't so much. And what that's what I find too. I feel like if you, if you wake up every day and you're saying, hey, I'm going to go and try and find whatever it is that my purpose is, sometimes you can feel like it's elusive because something that I've learned is that it's really about assignment. Like for me, there was an area, as, as you were just talking about, there was a time in my life where I was specifically focused on pouring into the lives of teenagers. And then while I do still have some teenagers that I'm connected to, I find myself in, a, in an assignment now where I'm, I'm ministering more towards my peers, more towards fellow millennial women who have businesses or who they have these books that they want to write or they have blogs or they want to start a podcast, whatever the case may be. So when I find that it ties back to assignment, then that provides me with a little bit more flexibility. Because again, as a believer in Jesus Christ, I know that my personal purpose is to know God and to make him known by other people. And the assignment and the way that that manifests itself may look different. So in one season, I may be taking care of teenagers. We may be doing this mentorship group with college students. And then another season, I may be helping women of faith start their businesses. And it sounds like you you also really help people just to have that positive approach. And then because you're probably going to have to go through a lot of different, you know, try on a lot, of, a lot of different roles before you figure out what your real purpose. But if you have that, you know, you have the time management and you have the self-esteem to be able to get up and go for it, then you can go through those things that are not going to work and discover the ones that are, right? Absolutely. And if you have a, a bigger why, and I know you've talked about that on your podcast as well, if, when you have a why for getting up every day, then even on your days where you're not able to check off as many boxes or you're not able to 
do everything that you were hoping to do or you know you have a setback like even where we find ourselves now with COVID-19 I know there were so many people myself included that were planning events for the spring planning events for the summer and Mm -hmm. so we've had to adjust those things and okay does that mean that I'm not living a purposeful life no it doesn't it just means that I've had to be flexible and that the assignment has changed so something I love that one of my friends said she said Brie your message is the same it's the method that has changed and so I'm seeing that I'm seeing a lot of people show up in new ways where they said, okay, you know, I am used to doing live events, but maybe I do want to start a podcast so I can still connect with my audience. Or they're saying, okay, yes, I used to do live events, but maybe I'll do digital classes so people can still learn the same thing from me. Again, the purpose is, and serving people is the same, but the, the assignment and the way that they're doing the assignment is differing. Right. That's a great point. Now, one thing that you mentioned in your book that really struck me is this phrase, inward appearance makeover. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes, absolutely. Um, When I talk about having an inward appearance makeover, I talk about, it's literally tied to scripture because there's a scripture that says um, you shouldn't let your beauty just be based off of outward appearance about the gold thread in your hair or the braids in your hair, whatever the case may be, you should look on the inward beauty that is a meek and gentle spirit. And so when I think about that inward makeover, that's something that I honestly had to deal with. And I had to do that about three years ago, my son's going to be three this summer. So that really was the start of my inward beauty makeover because I didn't realize that I had put so much focus on the outside and not even just, okay, my hair's done, my makeup's done, that kind of thing. But hey, I'm, I'm speaking at this place. I have this book signing. I have this thing that I'm doing that I wasn't working on the inner self. And so I found myself constantly being drawn to events and experiences where I felt like people were affirming me, not realizing that there was some inner work that needed to be done so that I knew and was able to stand firm in my identity. So I wasn't worried about if I had, you know, these public engagements, I still was okay with me. And again, talking about the current climate, I feel like a lot of people are having to do those inner makeovers unexpectedly where now that they are spending more time at home or even more time with their spouses or loved ones or siblings or parents or whatever the case may be, they're realizing, man, I have some things that I didn't realize were here because I've been so busy that I've been just zooming past all those things. I didn't realize that I was still bothered by that experience that I had when I was a teen. Or I didn't realize that I didn't, I, that, that being alone makes me feel like I'm going to suffer from anxiety or I didn't realize that, uh, people don't seem to really care about me that, you know, I thought I had all these friends, but now that we're not on the scene, we're not doing brunches or whatever the case may be that we're not connecting the way that I thought we'd be connecting. And I would think that would be a huge uh, need for teenagers too. Yes, absolutely. And, and I have a nonprofit unity Queens and our mission is educating and empowering young women to be able to walk in their purpose and understand their identity. And I, uh, so many of our girls, when they went through our Queenie program, that's 22 weeks, they were sharing that one of the biggest things that they got was that other people are also dealing with things. I think it's so easy to get caught up in yourself that you don't realize that other people around you might be suffering and that they may be beautiful on the outside, but they still may be battling insecurities. Mm -hmm. That's great. Now, I know you talk a lot about journaling, too, in your mentoring. How does keeping a journal help with a purpose-seeking process? I think having a journal is so helpful because it helps you track your progress. I think it also provides you with a really great space to be creative without 
trying to put constraints around it. I know that there are many times like when I have my quiet time in the morning and I'm just reading my Bible and praying and then an idea will come to me and I'll write it down. And then, you know, years later, I might stumble upon that entry in my journal and think, oh my gosh, this is an original idea. I've been talking about this. So mm-hmm. I think about even with my nonprofit years ago, before I even had an organization, like I think this was even before I wrote the book, Scott, I had written down and I said, you know, I really want to have a mentorship group for teens. And so now years later, I have this mentorship group for teens. And if I didn't write it down, I would have thought, oh my gosh, that was a brilliant idea I just had, not realizing that it was years ago that God had initially planted that seed. Hmm. So for a teenager or someone new to the process of, you know, pursuing their life purpose, doing that journal work and that creativity, and like you say, that there's no right or wrong, that might help them, give them permission to start to explore those ideas that might be out of their realm of what they could talk about in person? I think so. And I think it's also a way to just assess what common themes you see, right? So mm-hmm. I, in the book, and you know, since you read it, I talk about the things that break your heart. Like, do you notice that you always get frustrated when you hear about the girl at school that's being bullied or the person in your neighborhood that doesn't have any food or the person on the street that doesn't seem to have clothes that fit? Like, what are the things that really get your heart's really get your heart pumping and saying, you know, I really feel like I want to fix this. So if you are journaling and you continue, you start looking through your journal and you say, man, I've been talking about this for a long time. Mm. Then that may even, that may either indicate that you should start something that can solve the problem that you're trying to fix, or it may be an indication that you should look into a job in that particular field. And I do this activity with my girls when we, when we talk about a careers in a specific unit and we talk about passion and purpose, I say, okay, let's Google three jobs or research three jobs that you could do based on the passions that you already have. So if you have a passion for animals, if you have a passion for addressing homelessness, if you have a passion for um, feeding the needy, whatever it is, then you can look at those passions and then you can also see, oh, wow, this exists. And, And something that one of my friends who has a nonprofit called Dream Outside the Box says is that you can't be what you can't see. And I feel like a lot of our young people have these ideas and they have this passion and they don't even realize that that career exists. They think, Oh my gosh, wait, people are being paid to do this. I thought we, you know, I thought, I thought I was the only one. And even though that might seem quote unquote, small minded, you just have to think about the kinds of careers that get more exposure and more media attention. So if it's not a career, like even like the young lady I talked about earlier, who wanted to be a, a funeral home manager, you don't think about, that being a career unless you've been exposed to it. And so even in her saying, hey, I, it's not just about the, it's not the funeral home itself, it's about comforting people in their time of mourning and in their time where they, where they feel like they can't think clearly and I'm able to use my administrative skills to organize something so that this can be an easier process for them. Yeah, and it sounded like in your church you have a really great way of having teens identify something they have a passion in and then give them some sort of avenue to pursue that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm really big on if it doesn't exist, let's create it because mm-hmm. I'm of the firm belief that if you're interested in it, then, then chances are someone else is interested in it too. That's great. Now you talked a lot about some great resources too. Uh, you mentioned Bianca Lankford who yes. has a 90 day planner and goal setting program. Yes, she does. I did check out her site and it looks great at uh, her website is Bianca Lankford, B-I-A-N-C-A. L-A-N-K-F-O-R-D.com. 
And so how do you set goals, keep track of goals? Uh, how do you know if you're achieving your mission and your purpose and your goals? Yes, that's a great question. So I have, I evolve every single year. I mean, I used to use the passion planner religiously. I would put all my goals in there. They have this mind map that I still really love and I use it for different things, but you put your big game changer in the middle. And, and so if your game changer is sell a hundred books, you put sell a hundred books in the middle. And then around that, you put all the different steps that you need to take in order to sell those a hundred books. And then after you've identified those steps, then you put deadlines with every Every single step. So, okay, if I want to sell 100 books, that means I need to write a book. That'd probably be a good first step. Okay, then I need to find an editor for the book. Okay, then I need to figure out the ways that I'm going to publish my book. All right, after the book is published, then I need to promote my book. And so you take all these different steps, you add deadlines to them, and then you just check them off as you do them um, over time. Nowadays, I actually use Trello uh, to manage both of my goals and then my daily tasks. It's been really helpful for me because I'm a visual person by nature. And so being able to see all the various projects that I have in one spot is really amazing. Uh, you, some people would think, oh my gosh, Bri, I think that would be too overwhelming, but it's actually helped me a ton. Um, and I had gotten to a place where I was wearing a lot of hats, right? Because we wear a lot of hats every single day. And I, I just, I felt like one of my hats was going to drop. I said, you know what? <laughs> I keep trying to keep all this stuff in my head and it's not working effectively. And the passion planner was really great when I was focusing on one thing at a time, but I found myself in a season where I had multiple goals and I had multiple projects that were big, that were time sensitive. And so I started using Trello and on there, you can put all your projects, you can put uh, every, everything can have its own card. And then within those cards, you can specifically put the tasks that you need to do to achieve that particular goal. And so um, even with this Activate community, which is an online learning platform for women of faith and business, I have put this big project together and, and my project was relaunch the Activate community. And so then I had all the steps. I said, okay, I need to get sales copy together. Okay, I need to send out some email campaigns. I need to schedule social media posts. And so I had all of those things in my to-do list and I would move them from the to-do column to the doing column to the done column and it's really great to see you know your list get shorter because I think as many of the people who are probably listening to your podcast because we do wear all these different hats sometimes you feel like oh my gosh I keep adding to this list and nothing's getting checked off I'm just adding more and more to the list now I see no I am making progress even if it doesn't feel like I'm making progress I'm constantly moving things from one column to the next column and so that's been a really great way for me to be able to stay on top of my goals. Boy, it sounds like you've got it all going on. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I know that you, are, you were kind enough to write out a role list. Uh, of course, this podcast is called All the Hats We Wear, and I focus a lot on the roles we play. And a de definition of a role, in my mind, is a major area in your life that needs daily or at least weekly quality time for you to be fulfilled. Now, I wonder if we could just um, go through your list and you could just give me a couple, uh, share a couple details about each of what why each one is so important and why they all make up your identity. All right, so you listed 20 hats that you wear, 20 different roles. So the first is Christ follower. Yes, so I share, I specifically put Christ follower and not Christian because I have found even in my own faith walk with Jesus that it, it's different to have a belief in Jesus Christ 
Um, one, it's one thing to have a belief in Jesus Christ and it's another one to allow your relationship with him to dictate your actions. And so for me, uh, and people who know me, they know that I'm just completely sold out for Jesus. And I'm like, okay, God, if this is what you want me to do, this is what I'm going to do. If you don't want me to do that, I'm not going to do that. And so I put Christ follower because I feel like I live my life every day with, Hey God, wherever you're going, that's where I'm going to go. To disciple. Disciple I put because a disciple is a, someone who can be teachable, right? So I think about being able to sit down and learn from people. And I feel like as a business owner, it's really important for us to also be able to be disciples because I feel like the best leaders are also followers. Three, prayer warrior. That one is super important to me. Um, prayer is everything because I feel like it keeps my mind sane and it also keeps me focused and it keeps things in perspective. Or generational curse breaker. I was unsure of this one. Generational curse breaker. Okay, so there are so many things um, emotionally that I feel like my family has dealt with over the course of time, whether it be fear or anxiety. Um, I think there are people even in my family who have dealt with depression. And so when I look at being a generational curse breaker, I think about someone who has seen traits of things in their family repeat again and again and again and they say hey this is going to stop with me so if you're someone who comes from a family of um addicts or people who have uh, drug abuse issues if you say hey that i know that's what i've come from but that's what not where i'm going that's not what i'm going to do then you're a generational curse breaker too okay five visionary Visionary, amazing. I think in order to really walk in your purpose, you have to be able to see bigger than what you can see with your eyes. Um, there's a scripture in 2 Corinthians 5, 7 that says we walk by faith and not by sight. And so being a visionary means being able to see more than what is coming to my eye currently. Six, physically and mentally fit. Physically and mentally fit. I'm still working on that physically part. Honestly, I'm working on physically and mentally. I am, I'm, in terms of my stature, I'm in good shape, but I want to be able to build up my endurance. And so that's why I put the physically part. And then mentally, um, I really believe in taking good care of your mental health. And there are a lot of people who don't understand, or, or I feel like older generations don't really associate Jesus being able to be in tandem with therapy. They think, okay, well, if you're going to therapy, you're not believing Jesus enough. But I don't believe that. I feel like a lot of the women and people, men too, in my generation understand that you can love Jesus and you can also go to therapy. So that's how I'm addressing my mental health piece. Okay. For giving and receiving roles, you listed five. And let's see, number seven, you said six-figure earner. Yes, that is my goal to be able to earn six figures, not from the standpoint of, oh, man, I just want to see all those zeros in my bank account. But I want to be able to give. I want to be able to give a substantial amount of my income and uh, away to people who need it, whether it be organizations or individuals. And then I want to be able to save and invest the rest. Which leads us to eight tither. Yes, I give 10% of my income to my church every single paycheck. And nine philanthropist. Philanthropist, that ties into my volunteering and helping out with my girls. So I think about my time being uh, something that's of value. And I always tell people that I feel like wealth is knowledge um, or knowledge is wealth. And so being able to share the knowledge that I have with the teens that are in my Uni Queens program or teens at my church or even just other women who are around me is how I feel like I practice giving. Ten, volunteer. Volunteer may look like putting together a box of food for my local food pantry or helping out my neighbors with a specific need. 11, knowledge sharer. 
time back to that wealth part, just being able to say, oh, you don't know how to do this. I'd be happy to show you. Oh, you don't, you don't know how to start a podcast. Here it is step by step, because I believe if we have been given much, then we should give much. Mm. And I love how you thought enough of that to call it your own role. You know, it's, it's a lot of, it seems to me, uh, just gathering enough information. I, I look at the role list as being something, at least you have a manageable way of organizing all the big chunks of your life. Mm-hmm. Now, under personal roles, you know, we, uh, unless you want to talk about those, we could skip through the, you know, you wrote daughter, wife, mom, sister, mm-hmm. um, conf- confidant. Mm-hmm. Yes, confident. I I, I, um, I really appreciate being somebody that people can trust and someone they can share uh, their woes with. As someone who dealt with suicidal thoughts as a teenager, I know how important it is to have a safe haven where you can share your feelings or your thoughts without judgment. And uh, reader and writer. Yes, I love reading. I feel like the best writers are also readers and um, I've been able to read more this year than I probably have the past couple of years. So that's been really amazing. And under professional roles, you listed author, speaker, and founder. Yeah. So founder, I think is one of my favorite things. And I always, I, I, I should have put co-founder because I'm, I always tell people, you know, God is a pilot. I'm just a co-pilot. Um, but being a founder, literally thinking, thinking about that word, thinking about setting a foundation for something is really important to me because with everything that I do now, my hope is that it will be a part of my legacy, but that I'll be able to pass it on to someone. So whether one day I end up having daughters, because right now I have two sons, but if I end up having daughters, being able to pass it on to them, or if there are some of my mentees who grow up and they say, hey, Bree, I'd really like to take the lead with this program. I know another woman um, that I was in fellowship with when I lived in New Orleans, she went through a program called the beautiful foundation and when they talked about closing it years later after she had graduated out of the program she actually stepped in and said hey this was really helpful to me and I want to make sure the next person gets to be a part of this and so she asked the founders if she could step in as the executive director and they approved it Mm. well Brianna you're a real inspiration Uh, I can tell it do you ever sleep I do. Listen, <laughs> I, I should put should put that on the personal roles things too. Now, I will say years ago, before I had my son, I did not do a good job at sleeping. And even a little bit after I had him, not even from, oh man, he's a newborn and I'm up, but just wanting to make sure I still had all my hats on. But that really went back to identity and I had to understand um, there's a scripture that talks about how it's silly to go to bed late and wake up early when God is, he loves to give sleep to his beloved. And so while I know we have to be diligent, I was getting to a place where I was just tired and I was irritable. And I said, sis, what, this is not sustainable. So maybe let's look at having a better process. And so even things like Trello have been helpful with that because I'm able to see, wow, okay, I'm making more progress on this than I thought. So I don't need to be on it for the rest of the evening. Right. And I know in your book, you make a difference between uh, getting rest and, and sleep. Yes, that's true too. Yes, because sometimes you're just not in a season where you can sleep. Going back to that newborn life that I, I lived twice. I mean, sometimes your your children are up at all times or sometimes you have a loved one who's sick. But I've learned that that resting your spirit is really important and resting your mind as well. I think as business owners, sometimes it feels like our minds are always on. And mm. for me, I feel like that's another reason why I like reading is that it caused me to slow down. And same thing with journaling, it causes me to slow down. So sometimes when I'm 
writing stuff, I'll look at it and say, oh, wow, I didn't even know I was feeling that way about it, but I'm glad that I slowed down long enough to process it. And then it helps my mind to be at rest in the, for the rest of the day because I got everything out that I was feeling and that, that I had been withholding without knowing it. Hmm. Well, Brianna, I want to really thank you for taking the time. I think the, my listeners will really get a lot out of this information, this interview, and I certainly am going to re-listen to it a bunch of times. Um, as we wrap up, can you tell us some of the services you offer, how we can follow you and where we can go for info about all the great things you do? Absolutely. So a great place to go is blackgirlsofpurpose.org that has all of our products. So books, um, all of our gear. We have a shirt that says purpose over profit, which is my absolute favorite. Um, there is information about our podcast, the Black Girls of Purpose podcast on the site. And then you can also link to there. It will also link you to our Activate community, which is a new community for women of faith and business who are looking for support and accountability. And as I shared earlier, it's an online learning platform. So every month we do workshops and tutorials I talk I do a Trello tutorial inside there so I can show other people how to get organized um, with the various hats that they wear and make sure that they're staying on top of everything and then you can follow me on Instagram as well um, you can go to instagram.com slash black girls of purpose that's our business page and my personal instagram is at the black girl with purpose and then if you are struggling to find community in in light of COVID-19 I actually created a free guide on how to build community in the midst of COVID-19 so you can go to black girls of purpose podcast.com forward slash COVID-19 that's amazing well great uh, thank you again for taking all the time and uh, it was a great honor for me to have you on the show Thank you so much for allowing me to talk to your audience, Scott. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the All the Hats We Wear podcast. Please visit the blog at my website, scottsnowspeaks.com, for web links and resources mentioned during today's episode. Thanks.